If you're like me, you may have just wanted to ditch Facebook one, two, or maybe even a million times over the space of the last year or more. But what if you could completely reframe on how to use this as a really, really powerful tool to convert your ideal customers into raving fans? That is what this conversation is all about, my friends. So sit back, relax, open your mind, and be prepared for a fantastic dive into Facebook groups and how to use them to explode your business. Hi, I'm Natalie Sisson, an entrepreneur, best-selling author, speaker, host of this untapped podcast, and a lover of handstands and dogs. I've spent over a decade building successful businesses I love and teaching others to do the same. I want to help you tap into your unlimited potential and make the income and impact you desire simply by being you. In fact, I'm on a mission to help 1,000 women earn at least $10,000 a month and contribute at least 1% of their revenue to causes that they truly care about so that together we can create a ripple effect in this world. So if that sounds like you and you're on board to learn how to make the mindset shifts you need to have the business success you want and the lifestyle that you desire, then this is the podcast for you. Christina Jandali is a confidence-boosting, cash-creating business growth strategist who helps coaches and course creators build a raving fan base and produce scalable profits by hosting a free Facebook group. She's a self-made millionaire who started her business from ground zero during maternity leave from her corporate job, would you believe, when she decided it was time to build her own dreams and not someone else's. She's since worked with thousands of entrepreneurs worldwide to create their own predictable cash flow machines, which sounds really awesome. And she's been featured in Forbes, Huffington Post, and Evercoach, among other things. Now, in this conversation, we talk about that journey from being in the financial world and the corporate world to being on maternity leave and having this kind of big aha moment about how she wanted to show up for her kids as a role model and what kind of a business she wanted to build and how she started out in coaching, but quickly grew that to a super profitable business with reliable leads, fantastic conversations through the power of Facebook groups. So if you are skeptical, I would love for you to tune into this because I know I have talked all about (laughs) the power of social media to grow your business, which is where I started out in 2008, 2009, but also the love-hate relationship you can have with it. So I'm always keen to hear from somebody who is just moving and shaking and using these tools really well with a fresh perspective, including what not to do on Facebook in 2021 to lose engagement why you need to ditch some of the old community practices you have for more innovative ones, the kind of posts that you actually can put in your group to really, really have deep conversations and move those towards conversions. And actually, Christina has a beautiful example that just makes it seem so easy. And also, is it right for you to have a Facebook group? Is it the best next step for you? And what types of people and what types of businesses work best with a Facebook group, both free and paid? So really rich conversation here. Let's dive in. I am so excited to welcome Christina Jandali to the show today. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. We've got a lot to power through. But first off, I would love to know if you can share with the listeners how you tap into your potential and get paid to be you. The beginning of the first half of our life, I think we spend the first half of our life adding on layers of being someone and developing and turning into someone that meets other people's expectations, other people's demands making sure that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing in school and our jobs with our friends, with our family and checking off all the boxes of what we think we're supposed to be doing. 
And then we finally realize that we're searching for something that's already within us. And it comes with peeling back the layers and releasing those things go and really coming back to being who you truly are. I love that. It's such a beautiful question because I think that once we stop trying to pretend, when we stop trying to fit a mold, when we stop trying to be a certain way, stop trying to be someone else. And it's like, you don't look good wearing someone else, be you because you don't look good wearing someone else. When we are more of who we are, that's when the floodgates really open to creating the business that feels aligned, getting the clients that we desire, the audience that we desire. And it just feels so much easier. There's no convincing. It's really about stepping into it. So I think that's really the key piece of it is like letting go of the layers and just being true to who you are and being a stand for that. Yeah, I really love that. Actually, it is just about tapping into you and all the things that make up you and not what society demands or what's expected of you of all the things that are ingrained from the get-go. So for you personally, I'd love for you to share a little bit more about your story because I know you've come a long way and just curious how you've built up this incredible business using social media as well, but sort of the background that you came from as well. So just share a little bit more about the path that you've taken. Yeah. So I had spent years Working in the financial industry, I kind of fell backwards into it and Mm -hmm. my eyes opened up and I realized that the amount of wealth that was in the world. And so I worked in the financial industry managing wealthy people's money. So I had the opportunity of working with the who's who in my little community. I live in Vancouver in Canada and started, I had the opportunity of working with celebrities, of with executives, with CEOs, with different business owners and just people, mom and pops that had saved like every dollar and created wealth from having that savings. So I had the opportunity to get insight for years of what successful people thought, what they did with their lives, what they did with their world. And it really gave me the opportunity to have that insight. And so I spent years working in that space, investing their money And it wasn't until my daughter was born, it really hit me that I felt like I had checked off all the boxes. I had husband, I had the baby, I had money in the bank, I had this great job. And yet there was still a piece of me that felt like there was something missing. There was still a piece of me that was craving and yearning for something more, to be more, to do more. And I had no idea what that was. But when my daughter was born, I remember just cradling and holding her in my arms and wanting all the world of possibility for her, for her to mm. live her best life and be able to experience anything that her heart desired. And, and that's when I really realized like, wow, like who am I to want that for her? If I'm not even going to lead by example, I'm not, I don't have, like, I haven't even given myself the opportunity to explore what that might look like. And so We all know that we learn way more from what people do rather than what they say. And so I made a commitment to her and myself in that moment that I was going to go for it. I was going to figure it out. I didn't know what it was going to look like. And it actually took me until my second baby that I actually had the courage to start. But (laughs) I have to say it all started How long after was that? So they're 18 months apart. It wasn't that that far, but still it was in the idea and the dreamer phase, I like to Mm -hmm. call it, before I decided to finally get started. And So when I was off on maternity leave from my son, I got started. I started exploring like, what would I be good at? What could I monetize? How could I help people? And I had no clue whatsoever of what I wanted to do. And I actually had signed up for this coaching certification program, not because I was intending to be a coach, but I thought, well, I'm curious to see what people think and just their frame of reference. And it was with through Tony Robbins and Chloe Madonis, and it was his training, basically all of his coaching techniques and strategies. And I was super fascinated by it. By the time that I finished this program, I was totally hooked. And I 
saw myself differently. I saw my possibility differently. I saw my life differently. I saw my family differently. I like my whole world just completely opened up. And I was like, people need to know this stuff. Like this <laughs> is amazing. And so out of nowhere, not planning on getting into coaching or planning on any of that really stemmed from just starting to explore and tune into like different ideas and kind of landed upon me that I realized that that was the way I was going to go. Very cool. I love good old Uncle Tony. Like he's been doing it for decades for a good reason and has changed so many people's lives because of that. I think that's really, really powerful. And so you're in maternity leave, you've left your corporate job, you've gone into coaching, but obviously I know, and you know that a huge part of this has been from building Facebook communities. So what sort of made the shift for you from just being any kind of coach, not trying to dissuade you from what I'm sure you were doing, which is really valuable, but you know, like how did you want to set yourself apart in a sea of potential coaches and really stand out, be found and have consistent clients coming to you? What was it that you were like, okay, me and Facebook can make this happen? Yeah. So I first started and I was figure out like, what's my niche? What am I going to focus on? Who am I going to help? And I thought, well, I came from the financial space. So maybe I'll start working with financial advisors and helping them grow and scale their businesses. And I started doing that. I'm like, I don't want to be in this. I don't want to be in the box anymore. Get me out of the box. I got to get out of the box. And so that wasn't flying, but I did get some paying clients that way. And then I started broadening my horizons thinking, well, we'll work with more general business owners, but it still felt like to be totally frank, it felt like an uphill battle. It was like, get a client here and there, but there was nothing consistent. I didn't really have any systems in place. I was like, try one thing, like hope and pray this works. And then, okay, well, the next one, and then, you know, have a little win and do a little happy dance and celebration. I'm like, okay, well now (laughs) where's the next one going to come from? So I had this experience of feeling like things were happening way slower than I expected. Leads were coming in slower. I didn't really have any system in place to be able Mm -hmm. to do things. And I honestly just had this moment of feeling like, you know what, like the goals that I'd set for myself in my business and what my reality was, were so far off. And I just remember thinking like, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Like maybe I should just go back to my job, but I brought myself back to that promise that I made my daughter. And I said, well, what is it that I'm missing? And it actually brought me back to a moment that I remember sitting down, I was having lunch with a mentor of mine when I was in the financial space. And I said to her, her name was Bev. Bev, can you tell me like, what's the secret? What's the key to success? She said to me, she says, Christine, I'll tell you, like, come in, like, let me tell you. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be so good. I'm going to get the answer I've been waiting for. And she looks at me in the eyes and she says, Christina, the key to success is relationships. I was like, that's not the answer I was looking for. Like I get it, but I was hoping for some secret monumental thing that I could do (laughs) and just build relationships. And so as I was in that struggle moment and feeling like things weren't happening, I realized that I wasn't spending my time building relationships. And I remembered that conversation I had with her and I thought, well, how can I build relationships online? Cause sending out an email felt really cold to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who was on the other side. I didn't know about anything about them. And so I thought, well, what's the best way I can create that connection and those relationships online. And that's when I realized I could do it with a free Facebook group. And so I was struggling in my business, getting a client here and there to starting my free Facebook group. And the very first month that I started my free Facebook group, I did a $30,000 month and I was completely blown away. So like I hadn't even had a five figure month and then I had a $30,000 month and I was like, I know I'm onto something here. Yeah, that's amazing. So, oh my gosh, talk me through that. You obviously had been, as you said, doing one-to-one coaching up until that point, starting to narrow your niche a little bit more. 
How many people did you get in your free Facebook group in that first month? And what led you to that 30K month, which is amazing? So I put everything aside that first month I started my group, partially out of fear of thinking, well, I don't want to start a group and nobody's in there. (laughs) So I had like this big seated fear, like what if no one shows up? And I had just a handful of people on my email list. So I started my group and I just gave hundred percent focus to growing the group. I said, I'm not going to focus on money. I'm not going to focus on selling. I'm not going to focus on anything. I just want to focus on building my group. So what can I do to build my audience and bring members into my group? So 30 days focus. And I broke it down and I'd say, okay, this is for the first 48 hours. I'm going to try and get my first hundred people in. Okay. I'm going to get my first hundred people. And then I got my first hundred people in. And then I was like building these little milestones for myself. In that first month, I had 865 people join my free Facebook group, which Amazing. Know, it blew my mind that I was even able to do that. I was DMing people, reaching out to people, inviting people. Like I did everything I could possibly imagine to create an experience to invite people into the group and bring your friends, invite your friends. We're going to do all these. And so I ran a couple of challenges that first month thinking, okay, I get to create an experience to invite people to, how could I add value to them? People are going to start to share and people started publicly sharing about what they were doing in the group and they loved it so much. They were getting so much support. I was in there all the time. And as a result of that, I ended up signing private coaching clients in that space. But the challenge is the month after that, I ended up having no after no after no. I had 17 people say no to me wow. on enrollment calls. And I was, it's like the roller coaster ride of the entrepreneur, devastated, frustrated. Like I had no idea what I was doing. I totally fluked out. I must not know what I'm doing. And I was like in this downward spiral from that. And then I shifted it saying, okay, you know what? This gets to be my story. This means that I get to help support my clients one day when they're going through a breakdown like this. And I get to share with them how I came to the other side of it. And then- I love that attitude. Yes. And then it was such a great reframe rather than feeling sorry for myself. It was like, let's focus out Mm. and have service. And as a result of shifting that, things really started to come together. I stopped doing the things that were wasting my time because I didn't really, I was kind of fumbling through- stop doing the things that weren't working. And then before long, people started saying like, wow, Christina, what are you doing? You have all this growth, all this engagement, you're selling out your programs. Like, tell us like what it is that you're doing. And that's when I realized, Hey, I should actually teach people on what I'm doing inside a free Facebook group. I'd love to know, was some of that your mindset on those calls when you were trying to close the clients and believing that you had what it took, but just weren't quite meeting them where they were? Or was it that the people who joined the group who hadn't said yes, were just not your ideal clients. And that maybe in that kind of all out to try and get and grow the group, there'd been people who'd come in who were lovely, but weren't ever people you were going to work with. So one of my favorite books of all time is called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And he talks about this concept about you reach that you have an upper limit. What he means by that is that you can only have so many things going well for yourself in your life. You have a cap on what you think can be working for you. So one area of your life's rocking it out and working really well. Another area needs to suffer. And it's not like we're choosing this, but we just don't even recognize and realize that it's ingrained in us that how good things are supposed to be allowed to be in our life and our experience that we have. And so oftentimes when he speaks about like this upper limit, when you get to a point where you reach a level of success, that's far outside of your comfort zone. So Hmm. you think about it like this, you have a thermostat setting. And if you have it set to 20 degrees or 70 degrees, or depending on where you are in the world, right? If you have the thermostat setting set, if the temperature in your house goes above that, your air conditioning is going to kick in and bring it down, right? You have air conditioning. 
And if your temperature goes below that, the heat's going to kick in to bring it back to temperature. So when you produce a result that has been something like extraordinary for you that you haven't been able to produce before, it's outside of that thermostat setting. And so without even knowing it, it's like this, it naturally sets you back into what's comfortable, what's known, what your comfort zone is within that thermostat setting. And so I look at what happened that month was like, I blew my socks off with the results I created, but there was like, was I worthy of having that? Can it really be that easy? Do I really know it? Like all these stories that were going into play, because it should be harder work than that. So I think that I self-sabotaged myself unknowingly of having these no's because I remember feeling like in my heart that there was these people that I could really help. And I had a lot of, I can't afford it and other stories. But when I shifted my perspective away from it being about me or anything to do with that and shifted out, yes, it started coming in again. And so I think that it was like more of like this upper limit that I had to process through and work through and change my thermostat settings so that I could get comfortable <laughs> and used to having more. <laughs> I love that. And I'm so glad you said that because it's what I was hoping you'd say is, yeah, definitely reaching that, that upper limit or, oh my gosh, was this a one-off experience? And then you probably were bringing that energy into all your calls, even though you knew you could help people. It was very personal to you, like taking it very personally when they said no versus about the impact that you knew you could make and making it about meeting their objections and just really knowing intuitively how you could help because people read energy and they read into that. So I love that you clarified that just for people who are listening, who are going through that, it is most often a mindset and energy related thing, not about your skills or expertise or what you can offer, because we already know that you're going to do amazing things with that. So thank you so much for sharing that. So then the yeses started coming in again, and obviously Facebook has just become this place that you use really well. I think before we started chatting, I said you have had a bit of a love-hate with it. You know, I've built my business from Facebook in many respects, started using it in 2004, built my first company, co-founded a tech company on it in 2008, 2009, and it's really been a pivotal part of my growth and where my community has been built and allowed me to travel the world and meet all these awesome people and produce online courses and masterminds and retreats. It's been amazing. And then every so often I'm just like, ah, oh, we've seen the demise of Facebook and things that they've done, but you've clearly like embraced it. And I'd love to talk about what do we need to know in 2021 to build a really authentic, engaged community on Facebook that works for us and aligns with us, regardless of all the other things that we've heard. I would love, love, love for you to share some of your tips, especially for the skeptics out there listening who are like, no, I never want to come back to Facebook. Oh, I was thinking about leaving it like I was at the beginning of the year. So yeah, convince me on why you just love it and why it can be so powerful and valuable. I love this too, because I think as you grow and as your business grows, your perception changes and who you want to serve and how you want to serve people changes. And so I think it's great to honor and acknowledge that as you go through, for example, my very first Facebook group was called the Sassy Successful Entrepreneurs Facebook group. And it was just for women. I only focused on women at the time and my sole focus. And I really wanted this community, this safe space for women to come together, to collaborate, to connect, to openly share, to support each other and elevate each other. And that was really my vision for it. And I used to actually allow people to promote in my Facebook group. And I thought, well, if I'm teaching and helping people with growing their business, part of that is going to learn how to pitch and how to make offers and how to present yourself. And at the time I felt I would be doing a disservice to not allow them to do that because it was developing their skill set to be able to do that. 
Now, fast forward a few years down the line and the group became more managing of people following rules and so on. And I fell out of luck with that group and I actually chose to shut down the group. We were near 10,000 members at the time and decided to shut the group down. And it was a very big decision Mm. to make. And sometimes we get to reinvent ourselves in a way of like, okay, well, that didn't work for me anymore. But now I have this fresh slate. I have this clean slate. What is it that I want? And what is it that I want to create? And when I look at Facebook groups, I've had Facebook group of 200 members generate $200,000 of revenue in a few weeks. I've had Facebook groups of 2,000 members generate less than six figures. So I've been through the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. But what I know is that when people are making a buying decision, when people are going to choose to buy from you over everyone else that's marketing or selling something similar to you, they're going to choose to buy from you because they have a level of connection with you. They relate to you personally. They relate to your story. They see themselves in you. They feel like you get them. You share values with them. There's a level of connection that is created. And when we think about what's available to us in the online space, if we look at all of the social media platforms that are out there, so you look at Instagram or your Facebook business page or Clubhouse or any of those social media platforms, YouTube out there, all it is is like the window dressing and the storefront on the outside looking in. It's like a teaser to let someone know, like, do I want to know more about this person? Do I want to follow this person? Do I want to go deeper with this person? But your Facebook group, on the other hand, it's this private community in this space that's exclusive. And you have this private group, you get to invite people in and you get to cultivate and create this experience for them where you're not speaking at them like you are on the other platforms. You're actually hanging out with them. It's like, so think about all of your social media platforms as your storefront like all these little storefronts for online business cards and your Facebook group is like, come on inside my digital living room. Like let's hang out. Let's get a chance to get to know each other. And so you're actually cultivating relationships in there. And Facebook hands down is the number one way to create connection online. There's no faster way to be able to create that because there's a level of intimacy that's created as a result of that. And so with algorithm changes and everything changing and rules changing and opinions about everything that goes on in the online space, If we know that connection is the piece that's really going to create the conversions, then looking at the tool to be able to create that. So when we're looking at your Facebook group, what do you do inside the Facebook group to, so that it's profitable so that you can build a community, your number one focus needs to be focused out service. It's not about you. It's about them and you're cultivating and building community. And as a result of you cultivating and building community between your members, when they come in your group and they look to the side, they're like, these are my people. Like I finally found my place. Like this is home for me. Your authority automatically gets elevated. And so it's not about you having all the right answers. It's not about you teaching all the perfect things. It's about you bringing and cultivating that community where people get to come together. And so many people have it wrong thinking that they have proof that I know more stuff, prove that I know what I'm talking about. It's like, there's something to prove. And it's like, let's just let go of that and just be humans and build that community and build that connection. And when we'll have these experiences, like when we feel heard, when we feel seen, what do we do? We listen, we tune in, we pay attention, we lean in, right? Yeah. And so that is where obviously the connection turns into conversion because you're already in a space where they trust, they know, they like, they're leaning in and they're willing to listen to what you have to say. And then you can put across your offer, your program, your coaching in a way that just is truly resonates and doesn't feel like hard selling it's almost because they've requested it because you've been listening they've been listening and they're ready for it 
have you got anything to sort of for people who are listening and going yep that's great but Christina how exactly do we do that maybe one thing to focus on is how do we not do that what do you see when somebody's done all that effort of creating a beautiful engaged community and then they take that one wrong step or how do we I guess write that step and make that next offer because that is such a hard thing for so many people who maybe are great at creating communities and connecting and then they can't quite get to that take it over the line and actually make this a profitable venture really great question I like to look at it from the perspective that selling is serving and so Every day and every moment in your group, you're enrolling your members into something. And every day in life, you're enrolling your friends, you're enrolling your family into something. You're always enrolling people into something. And so you have the opportunity when you're enrolling people into something. It's like, we take a step back and say, like, what is it that people need to believe in order for them to want to do business with you, right? Mm -hmm. They need to be able to believe that the thing that you teach, the thing that you help people with is what they need. And so if we can enroll people in the idea that what you teach and what you help people with is what they need and your offer helps them execute on that, it's the next logical step. But what happens is people teach a lot of content and they teach a bunch of how-tos. And I had some mentors in my life that taught me some of this too. And I was like, I've learned better, but it was like, teach, 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 and then make an offer, teach, 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 then make an offer just because we're teaching something doesn't mean we're earning the right to take someone's credit card and take collect payment to help support them. And so what we need to do is create conversation around what we teach, create demand desire around what we teach so that if people believe that's possible. So for example, we're having this conversation right now and we're talking about connection really being currency connection, being the key for someone to be making a buying decision. So if someone believes that connection is going to be the key to getting buyers And they believe that a Facebook group is the fastest way to be creating connection with their potential buyers and their audience. Well, then there's going to be a desire to want to learn about how to actually use Facebook groups to be able to facilitate that. So we want to be creating conversation. So let's say what might be a topic, Natalie, that you would speak into for your audience? What would be a topic that you might want to talk about? So many, but for example, right now I'm talking about money mindset, for example, especially in the Team K Club group, but also to my community on email and other platforms. So what you were sort of talking about before, not so much the upper limits, but some of your money mindset limits and behaviors and stories that you've been telling yourself for a long time. And it's a great conversation to have, right? We should all be talking about it a lot more. Yes. So let's say you were selling a program on money mindset and we're going to be creating conversation around that week around money mindset. We want to be working backwards and creating conversation around that topic. So we're bringing people into the conversation. So One post for the week might be like, you could be asking people, what's your first negative memory that you have around money? And so people might be saying like, well, I was told like money doesn't grow on trees. I didn't, my parents didn't have enough money to buy me what I wanted. I was always told no, I was told rich people were bad, whatever the stories are that go along with it. So we're just asking a conversation about like, what's that first negative memory that you have around money? Like, let's open it up because like, we've all had these. What's the first one that you remember? So that's just creating conversation around the fact that there are challenges or experiences or beliefs around money that aren't necessarily supportive, that aren't necessarily going to lead people forward. So that might be question number one. The next day, might be the three biggest money blocks that prevent you from receiving the three biggest money blocks that prevent you from getting the yes, the three biggest money blocks that are something along the lines of that. 
So this could be just a post, it could be a video if you wanted to post or something that's talking about the three biggest money blocks that are preventing you from getting a yes. And then, so it's speaking into like what not to do. And then people start to realize when they start going, what not to do, oh, geez, I'm doing that. Uh Oh, what should I be doing instead? I didn't know Mm -hmm. this. And so it creates awareness around the conversation. And then the next day, it might be something like, if you really believed, if you firmly believed, if you knew your success was inevitable and you were worth no matter what price tag that you'd want to charge, what would be the price point or what would be the revenue goal or what would be the thing that you'd want to create? Like if you knew your success was inevitable, if you knew that you got it, what would it be? And so now it's opening people up to vision, to hope, to possibility that they're creating. And then the teaser can be tune in tomorrow. We're going to deep dive onto how to quickly shift your money mindset to allow you to step into, you know, just riffing here because it's not not pre-planned, but just riffing. So the training can then go into like a Facebook live for the week, like really speaking about it. It could be speaking about your journey and what you realize and what to do instead and those shifts. And then the call to action could be to get on a call, the call to action could be to join a program, the call to action of whatever that next step that you want people to join your webinar, next step for people to go into that next step with you. And then Friday, maybe you just take a quote from your training or a key tip is like make a little tip card or a key quote. So when you look at that, notice that there's only one core piece of content really, which is the deep dive training and everything else is creating conversation around Mm. it. And then what this does is it gives us insight into what people want. So we want to be asking as many questions as possible to get people to break the ice for them to share. Another, one of my favorite questions to ask inside a group as well is like, how do you feel about your topic? Like, how do you feel about your ability to hit your income goals? How do you feel about your ability to have a successful business? How do you feel about your ability to bring in money on demand? right? The less you do, the more you make like some of these money mindset perspectives. And you can ask that and people are going to be quick to share like, Oh, I'm not sure. Or I feel this way or that way. And all of the answers that you get from these is languaging that you get to use when you speak to your people on your live streams and your emails, Mm -hmm. then your people feel heard and you're creating that desire, that conversation around your topic. And so if at the end of that week, you're going through all this trading conversation around it and you give people the opportunity, hey, we're going to do a 30-day boot camp to bust through your income ceilings and shift your money blocks into money potentials or something along the lines of that. People are going to be like, well, yeah, now I realize I have these blocks that are keeping me and I don't know how to shift them because I can't get out of my own way. And if they're not able to do it on their own, they're like, yes, I want that. So is it selling then to be able to move them towards that? Or is it really coming from a place of service saying, great, now that you're already enrolled in the idea that this is what you need, here's how I can help support you with execution on that. Beautiful example. Thank you for doing it on the fly so well and preaching what you obviously practice. But it just so shows when you create that conversation, it's actually allowing people to come to the decision themselves and what they need. Because before that, they may have not even noticed it was a problem or they may not have noticed the extent to which they were challenged or the extent to which they needed help. And by that stage, as you said, they've enrolled themselves really, haven't they? So it becomes so much easier for you to go, here's the invite you to come join me or invite you to go deeper into this conversation. I love it. So those are, you know, and that was just over five days, really, really neat example of what you can share in a group to do that. And I know of people who do that really successfully each month, there's almost like a theme. And I know a lot of people who've had successful groups where they literally ask the group, which of these three things are you experiencing the biggest challenge and that's keeping you stuck from doing X, whether that's health goal, a financial goal, as you said, a business goal. And people actually literally tell you, you know, they'll vote and they'll go, 
it's this thing that I'm stuck on. Great. So then you can do what you just said and ask those questions. And as you said, get the languaging and really fully understand and listen to what they need, even if you know probably what it is, because they will literally help you create the course or the training or the product based off what they need from you. Yeah, it's really genius, really smart. I think the most important thing is that we just don't slap, like talk about content on one topic and then we put an offer out that's on something totally unrelated or think that Mm -hmm. somehow because we've talked, created connection, now they want it. And so it's like just making sure that you're aligned and simplifying things. Otherwise people feel overwhelmed. There's just too much information. There's too much content. And so if you're streamlining each week, streamlining each month, it just keeps people's focus narrow so they don't feel like they're piling up more and more stuff or more and more things to do. Mm-hmm. And they've got clarity in regards to where they get to go. I also really like changing out the word content, given that I've been the content creation queen for most of my life, into conversation. Like if you actually just reframed and renamed it, how do I create better conversations today versus how do I spit out more content? Even yes. if your content is valuable, but if you came from that perspective, right, it could be really interesting. How do I create a better conversation today? you know, how do I engage and connect? I really, really like that. Yeah. A new motto going forward, especially as we're planning out our next three to sort of six month content calendar it could become the conversation calendar. There yeah. you go. There we go. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for the info. So we sort of talked to anything, I think about like the types of posts that you can do. They were just a perfect example right there. And I'm really glad you provided that because I can always see something more when you can apply it to something. So for those of you listening, hopefully that's given you lots of ideas. And then I guess I'd be curious about what are you still seeing in groups that is outdated that we probably need to steer away from? You've shown us some of the great things that we can be doing, and it actually feels really simple the way you've put it. But what are some of the outdated practices that we can just drop that maybe people are spending a ton of time on right now? Like, what are those that you're like, please put those aside? (laughs) They worked in 2004 that can actually free up more time for people to be creating better things and more engagement. Yeah. I think old school training was like frequency of stuff like post multiple times a day, post in multiple different groups, post, 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 post everywhere. And it's just not necessary. In fact, if you're posting more frequently and people aren't engaging with it, it's not going to be the thing that's going to be moving people forward. So posting like once a day is plenty. Typically, I even say five days a week. I don't think you need to be posting seven days a week. You certainly can, but I think just one single post each day. The other thing is that was like, just as we're talking about, just to kind of bring that topic home as well, is that teaching a whole bunch of how-to content, if you feel like you're pouring out lots of how-to content every day, what happens is, maybe you've ever had the experience where you save a post on Facebook, like, this is really good. I'm going to save it. And they're like, I'm going to come back to it later, right? How often do we ever go back to anything that we save? Nine Mm -hmm. times out of 10, never, right? (laughs) So we stockpile all this stuff. And then what happens is if you're delivering a lot of how-to content and giving a lot of tips and tricks and things, people may love it and think it's amazing. And they may save a whole bunch of that content. But the challenge is if they have a whole bunch of content from you and they didn't get a chance to execute on it or do anything with it, it's stockpiles. And they think, oh, I already have all these things to do from that person. I wouldn't possibly be ready to do anything else with them. Like I already have so much from them I haven't done yet. So I'm better off staying and just going through the free things that I have before I'd be ready to invest in the into the program. And so you're doing yourself a disservice that way. So pouring out more and more how-to content tips and tricks and all that stuff is not going to help someone move forward. What they, they don't want a million steps. What we want is 
all of us, we just crave clarity. It's like, if you could take 12 months to get to this outcome, like let's say you're in helping people with their health, you can take 12 months to get fit and healthy and fabulous and energetic and, or you can take a magic pill to get all of the above. Now, if there was no side effects for that magic pill and you know that you could get the result, like what would people choose? Well, they'd hopefully just choose to get the result. They have a chance to get the results. So if they could get the result the same way in the same fashion. So it's not that they like the way in which you help someone get the results isn't what they care about. They care about the outcome of the result. And so if you can provide just enough context and conversation to create demand and desire for your offer, your offers are going to sell out way more than if you just stockpile a whole bunch of information and leave your people feeling overwhelmed and confused. Yeah, I love that so much because constantly inside the 10K Club, we're talking about not giving away more free stuff because people just don't value free for the very point that you said. They value it at the time. They're like, this is so generous. This is so giving. This is great. But all it leads to is a whole lot of inaction. And that's not what we're here to do as coaches or as consultants or as trainers or as teachers. So I really love the, once again, coming back to conversation to get them thinking about what they need so that then you can enroll them. Definitely how-tos are useful. But as you said, if that's all you ever give, people just go, I've got everything I need. Why would I pay for the upgrade Mm -hmm. or do it? Even if they can't see within themselves that they're not taking any action. So I really, really love that tip and that less is more, I just think. Over and over again, less is more. We don't actually post that many things in the group at all. We don't have a consistent thing. We actually have a community that's constantly posting and sharing questions and wins and celebrating and asking. And it's all user-generated. It sounds horrible. It's like club member-generated conversations, which is so much better, I think, than those sort of artificial prompts sometimes. Like, where are you at today? And that's because we literally don't post that stuff. So that's another thing just for people who are listening to think about, you know, you don't always need to be the instigator of the conversation for it to be useful. Absolutely. Very cool. And so I just love to know for people who are listening, how do you know when a Facebook group is actually the right next step for you? I'm sure it's not for everybody, especially I'm thinking of people who are listening who are introverts or who actually just really don't like connecting. Are there certain types of people that you've seen over the years who should start groups or are there certain types of businesses you can be in they work really well for or what's your sort of I guess overarching advice for somebody who's considering this as a really great approach to be able to build community engagement and convert more people yeah so one thing to keep in mind, I'm totally an introvert by nature. Like I like to spend time by myself. I need like unwinding quiet time as well. And I think that introverts actually desire deeper, more intimate connection versus surface level conversation. So I actually think Facebook groups are great, whether you're introverted or extroverted, but what way I'd say that the three key pieces that I, people that I find that Facebook group is great for is number one, when you're just getting started and you don't really know yet what you're going to be offering, but you have an idea of who you want to help, it's going to give you the opportunity to have the best market research ever to find out what people want, how they get to connect with you, what they're looking for. It really gives you the insight into their mind, their thinking, so that you can craft and create that first offer aligned with what people actually want. It's a big difference, right? Like sell them what they want, give them what they need. We've got to find out what they want. So the second type of person that it's ideal for is if you're creating sales here and there, 
but you want more predictability with it because it gives you the opportunity to build a pool of warm leads that you can pull upon to jump into your paid programs and services. So rather than just going out to your email list or just going out to your public pages, it's like you're cultivating and building those relationships. You've got this warm pool of leads available to you. And then the third type of person is where you're already doing launch cycles or you're doing campaigns and you know that it's the opportunity where you can enhance the experience, enhance the engagement. It doesn't mean you need to have a long-term Facebook group, but you can even have pop-up Facebook groups where you have the opportunity. This is something that we use a lot in my business is all of our campaigns. We have pop-up Facebook groups and gives you the opportunity to be able to connect with people more closely, intimately for a shorter period of time, increase those conversions and have the opportunity to hit sort of record-breaking numbers as a result of it. So I think those are the three key types of people that Facebook group is ideal for. But I mean, so many different niches possible that create the possibility for them. I really love that you said that because pop-up groups are something I've done that for challenges, you know, five-day challenges, et cetera, and they're really lovely. And they do create that conversation. And then you can either archive them or you can bring them back for the next time you do a challenge or a summit. But it's just that you are creating that extra sense of place where people can connect and get the most out of it. And you get to bring you as your live self in whatever format that is. And I'm assuming that this can apply to both paid and free groups. Obviously, I know there's user rules on Facebook. You can't actually charge people to be part of a group, but it could come through a program or an offer. But I imagine that even with a paid group, you can also increase your revenue and your profit because people who are already in that group learning from you and loving what you do are right for the next level of what you offer. So just on that question, I'd love to know, people can actually consider having a group that is paid through something else that you offer, right? It doesn't always have to be free. Yeah, hundred percent. You can do, I mean, the context changes a bit, right? So if it's a free group, you have this pool of bringing in leads and bringing people in where you have that bigger bucket container. If it's a paid group, it's going to be a smaller container, but it's going to be much higher quality, much higher value, right? When someone's taking out their credit card to invest with you, they're 10 times more likely to become a buyer again. Mm -hmm. And whenever we take a look at, you know, metrics for our high level program, that's longer term, 90% of our buyers are coming from being a buyer previously in something that's lower ticket. So it gives you the opportunity to be able to facilitate and build the relationship and have that warm pool of people to pull from. I'm so glad you said that. And I wanted to point that out for people who are like, I don't want to manage a group of thousands of freebies and like having to give, give, give when actually you could start with who you already have, provide a beautiful safe space and a place for them to connect and learn, and then be able to use that as the springboard for some of, you know, your masterminds or your high level VIP retreats, et cetera. I love that point about someone who's already bought from you is 10 times more likely to buy. So sometimes it's focusing your energy into these people who are super high quality and can do amazing things with your help and support is far more preferable to building up big ass audience where maybe only a handful will. So just putting that out there for people listening who might be overwhelmed by that. This has been such a cool conversation. I know we could talk about a lot more, but I would love to leave it there and invite people to find out more about how they can learn from you and how they can connect with you. And what's the best way for people to reach out and contact you? Yeah. So put together actually a little gift for you guys that you have the opportunity to pick up. And one of the things is when you're coming out with a free Facebook group, number one, you're going to want to have a good name so that people are aligned and want to come in. They realize like, yes, this is the space for me. I want to come in here. So you're going to get a Facebook naming blueprint to get the perfect name. You're also going to get how to write that perfect intro post. I know this is something I used to struggle with all the time. Like, how do I introduce myself, build credibility, but also 
build connection and vulnerability in a way that makes sense. Like, how do I be human, but also like have a level of authority. And so there's a script template for that, how to create that perfect intro post for your group. And then a five-step mini course on how to get your members in your group. So your first or next hundred members in your group, exactly what to do. So you can get some of those members coming in. So we put together a little bundle for you guys. Sounds awesome. Great. And where can people get that? So you can go to uh, deliveryourgenius.com forward slash Natalie, and you guys can pick up the bundle there. So deliveryourgenius.com forward slash Natalie. I love that URL. I love delivering your genius to me. Please do that as well. That'd be fantastic. And if you've enjoyed this interview and you've really appreciated the conversation, please do tag both of us. What are you on Instagram, Christine? At Christina.Jandali. Okay, perfect. So tag at Christina.Jandali and at Natalie Sisson. Even if you just screenshot where you were listening to this from or take a selfie, I always love to know where people are tuning in from around the world and share one key takeaway that you had, whatever works for you, but we'd love to know. I think that'd be really cool. Thank you so much for being here on the Untapped podcast. And I'm looking forward to seeing if this has changed people's minds about how they can view Facebook as a really amazing tool for them to use in their business, if it aligns, if it's a good fit. Thank you for opening my mind a little bit more to it. And I've definitely gone on that lovely ride, but I'm in a really great place with it right now, just because I appreciate the groups that I'm part of and how much when it's a great quality group, you can actually get out of it. So yeah, just keeping that open mind of what's going to work for you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So I really hope you enjoyed that episode and conversation with Christina. I would love to know what you learned. I really do mean that. So when I say tag us in Instagram and let us know what you learned or screenshot where you're listening in, it really does help me to know one, where in the world you are, two, that you've actually tuned in and three, that you've learned a lot from this. Don't forget to go and check out deliveryourgenius.com forward slash Natalie for that awesome little bundle. Probably going to grab it myself. And do connect with Christina as well. And thank her for being on the show. And if you're enjoying what you're hearing, can you please pass this episode on to a friend who maybe has been considering starting a Facebook group or figuring out how to get more consistent leads and profit and really have better conversations and share better content and do it in a way that feels totally doable and aligned rather than overwhelming and like you're on the hamster wheel of content creation, which nobody wants to be on. So share this episode, just copy and paste the URL, share it on Facebook, Instagram, wherever it may be in an email. I would really appreciate that. And to grow this listenership of the Untapped podcast so that more people can tap into their potential and get paid to be them. Thanks so much. <laughs>